0: And discover why Noble Gold Investments is the only choice for smart, secure gold investments. Or call them at 877-646-5347. Again, that's 877-646-5347. Today is September 14th, 2021. And in our first story, General Mark Milley is being accused of treason After a new story reveals he secretly contacted China warning them of U.S. plans, saying for now that we would not attack and that he would give them advanced warning if the U.S. would attack. All of this behind Trump's back. He then staged a coup by getting other military officers to swear a pledge to him that they would not follow orders from the president unless he was involved. In our next story, AOC slammed after attending the Met Gala A $30,000 event in a fancy dress reading Tax the Rich. None of these celebrities are wearing masks because the COVID rules were only for the staff who had to wear masks. And in our last story, comedian Tim Dillon will be performing at a series of venues that require vaccine mandates, even though he's come out against them. He's being criticized heavily online. I'm going to do the same thing. And it's not just Tim Dillon. It's also Joe Rogan, who is also performing at Madison Square Garden that requires vaccine mandates. If you oppose the mandates, why support jurisdictions and venues that uphold them? If you like the show, leave us a good review and give us five stars. And if you really like the show, tell your friends about it. Word of mouth is the best way to help the show grow. Now let's get into that first story. General Mark Milley, chairman of the Joint Chiefs, is being accused of treason by many conservatives and Republicans. After new revelations emerged that he made secret phone calls to China, promising to give them advanced warning of any potential U.S. strike against them. Now, of course, many on the left are saying this was a good and noble thing to do because Donald Trump was a psychopath. I don't think any of that matters. I think that we had a general undermine the president of the United States by offering up advanced warning to one of our biggest adversaries, and that may absolutely be treason. Now, many are saying maybe it's a violation of the Hatch Act. I think it may possibly be a violation of the Logan Act, which would be interesting. Treason, hard to say. You know, many have said that treason is when there's actually a declaration of war or mark and reprisal, meaning- Al Qaeda or ISIS, or if we're actually at war with China, which we are not legally. Although I think it's fair to say that we are in some kind of war with China, cyber war, for instance, propaganda wars, there's still it's it's not kinetic warfare. But I don't know if that matters in today's uh, today's day and age. And I think we would need to look back and assess situation to determine whether or not a, a U.S. general sought to provide aid To a principal enemy of the United States. I think it's a fair assessment. Will anything actually happen? Probably not. Donald Trump isn't in office, but we'll see what happens, you know, come 2024, come 2025. But something else interesting emerges. For one, reporting from Jack Posobiec suggests that people might actually come out, testify against Mark Milley. Maybe there will be some accountability here. But he also highlights a story from January 8th where Nancy Pelosi says that she has assurances Trump would be stopped from committing any kind of nuclear action. Back on January 8th, the Wall Street Journal called this a coup of Pelosi's own, that Nancy Pelosi went to generals seeking to get them to strip Trump of any authority in the last few weeks of his presidency. She was actually told this would be a military coup. Very interesting that if the generals subverted or defied the orders of Donald Trump, it would be a military coup. Now we take a look at these revelations. Assuming they're true, CNN reports, and it's an interesting report, I will tell you. Assuming this is true, it would seem that at least one general did attempt to stage some kind of coup and provide aid to an enemy of these United States. Where do we go from here? Honestly, I don't know, but I can tell you we've got other big stories. Uh, 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 An officer resignation announced Fox News reporting many service men and women are quitting over the vaccine mandate. You've got the left cheering for executive action from Biden that circumvents the legislative and judicial branch, which he's done more than once, and they demand more and more of it from the eviction moratorium, not to the vaccine mandates. It would seem That the executive branch has gone rogue to an extent we've not experienced before. I would say when Barack Obama killed American citizens, that was the executive branch going rogue. But obviously, since then, it's only gotten worse. And now with this story, we can see the true depravity and the, the, the true fracture in the United States government. We have an establishment left in this country cheering for the dissolution of the U.S. way of governance, the three branches I think it's over. I don't see how you come back from this. Anyone who gets in office after this will just exacerbate and escalate. If Donald Trump gets in, he'll say we have to undo all of these things. And the left will claim that he's violating his office and abusing his power like they already did. They will not, absolutely not call out their own for doing the same, which brings us to one inevitable conclusion. Fracturing, peaceful divorce, civil war, I don't know whatever you think might happen. But so long as you have one side adamant, out, adamant about their right to abuse power and violate the law, we have no, uh, there's, there's no chance of reconciliation. I want to show you the story first from CNN to show you how they manipulate. And then I'll show you the story from the Washington Post, which gives you a bit more insight to break down the lies. Before we get started, head over to TimCast.com. Become a member of timcast.com and you will get access to exclusive members only segments from the timcast IRL podcast as well as you will be supporting our fierce and independent journalist journalism and you will get a ad an advertisement free experience but don't forget to like this video subscribe to this channel share the show with your friends let's read the story from CNN basically just breaking today Woodward cost a book worried Trump could go rogue Millie took top secret action to protect nuclear weapons. Interesting. Let's see what they say. Two days after the January 6th attack on the Capitol, President Donald Trump's top military advisor, Joint Chiefs Chairman General Mark Milley, single-handedly took top secret action to limit Trump from potentially ordering a dangerous military strike or launching nuclear weapons, according to Peril, a new book by legendary journalist Bob Woodward and veteran Washington Post reporter Robert Costa. Woodward and Costa write that Milley deeply shaken by the assault, was certain that Trump had gone into a serious mental decline in the aftermath of the election, with Trump now all but manic, screaming at officials and constructing his own alternative rally about endless election conspiracies. Milley worried that Trump could go rogue, the author's right. You never know what a president's trigger point is, Milley told his senior staff, according to the book. In response, Milley took extraordinary action. And called a secret meeting in his Pentagon office on January 8th to review the process for military action, including launching nuclear weapons. Speaking to senior military officials in charge of the National Military Command Center, the Pentagon's war room, Milley instructed them not to take orders from anyone unless he was involved. My friends, this is a shocking revelation. It means that Nancy Pelosi, when she reached out to the generals and supposedly was rebuffed, she was actually successful. As the generals had said, they would circumvent or subvert the president, even if it's in the last few weeks. I'm not going to sit here and act like this was during active presidency. It was a lame duck session. Still, we do not tolerate any of this. We cannot. Even if it was only a few more weeks of Trump's presidency, they were seeking to subvert action by the president, before Biden was in office, period. And that may be obviously one of our weakest moments. China knows about how our political system works. Certainly, if they wanted to stage an attack, this would be the opportune moment. Why then would they seek to subvert Donald Trump? Unless there was a, pre, a prior arrangement with China, perhaps? Turns out there was. Mark Milley set it up. Then later on, called a meeting and said, Don't take action unless I'm involved. It sounds like treason. I suppose we're lucky China didn't attack or anything like that. But CNN mentions that the meeting was set on January 8th. Let's read more. Quote, no matter what you are told, you do the procedure, you do the process. And I'm part of that procedure, Millie told the officers, according to the book. He then went around the room, looked each officer in the eye and asked them to verbally confirm they understood. Got it, Millie asked. Yes, sir. Millie considered it an oath. What do you call it when a general goes behind the president's back, telling military officers to swear an oath to him to reject orders from the president? Sounds like a military coup, doesn't it? This country is screwed up. We're screwed. Peril is based on more than 200 interviews with firsthand participants and witnesses. Paints a chilling picture of Trump's final days, perhaps perhaps. I'm not going to sit here and pretend Trump was perfect. No, I'm not going to sit here and say a nuclear war would be good. No, of course not. I'm going to say the system's broken. It's just shattered into a million pieces. You can't cheer on what they did. Let's let, let me show you what the Washington Washington Post says. Then you can realize what January 8th really meant.
1: Recession and inflation are here. Gas, housing and everyday goods are up way up.
0: Top general was so fearful Trump might spark war that he made secret calls to his Chinese counterpart, New Book says. Twice in the final months of the Trump administration, the country's top military officer was so fearful that the president's actions might spark a war with China that he moved urgently to avert armed conflict. In a pair of secret phone calls, General Mark A. Milley, the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff assured his Chinese counterpart, General Li Sheng of the People's Liberation Army, that the United States would not strike, according to a new book by Washington Post associate editor Bob Woodward and national political reporter Robert Costa. One call took place on October 30th, 2020, four days before the election that unseated President Trump and the other on January 8th, 2021, two days after the Capitol siege carried out by his supporters in a quest to cancel the vote. Let me just stress, that's a lie. The FBI already concluded there was no plan and no coordination for any kind of insurrection. No one's been charged with insurrection. The FBI said that while some people did plan on getting the building, they had no real plans. So were they trying to cancel the vote? I don't think so. I don't think you can make that assessment if the FBI says there was no coordination. I think it was just people in a state of riot. But okay. Perhaps an opinion piece than Washington Post. Perhaps you should label it as such. The first call was prompted by Milley's review of intelligence, suggesting the Chinese believed the U.S. was preparing to attack. That belief, the authors write, was based on tensions over military exercises in the South China Sea and deepened by Trump's belligerent rhetoric towards China. General Lee, I want to assure you that the American government is stable and everything is going to be okay. We are not going to attack or conduct any kinetic operations against you. In the book's account, Milley went so far as to pledge. He would alert his counterpart in the event of a U.S. attack, stressing the rapport they'd established through a back channel. Generally, you and I have known each other for now five years. If we're going to attack, I'm going to call you ahead of, ahead of time. It's not going to be a surprise. Mark Milley made a pledge To a foreign adversary to give them advanced warning of US military operations against them at a time when they are pressuring Taiwan, threatening to invade, sinking Vietnamese fishing vessels, and putting pressure on our military bases in the Pacific. Treason? Perhaps, perhaps. I'm not a legal scholar. I can certainly say in the colloquial sense, Milley betrayed the United States and then held a meeting on January 8th where he demanded other officers swear a pledge, an oath to him. It's time to wake up to what's happening in this country, America. This is not a game. This is not something you can just sit by and ignore. And if you refuse to speak up and take action now, well, then forever hold your peace. And I'm sure many of you will choose to do so. Lee took the chairman at his word. The authors write in the book, Peril. In the second call, placed to address Chinese fears about the events of January 6th, Lee wasn't easily assuaged. Even after Millie promised him, we are 100% steady, everything's fine, but democracy can be sloppy sometimes. Lee remained rattled, and Millie, who did not relay the conversation to Trump, according to the book, understood why the chairman, 62 at the time and chosen by Trump in 2018, believed the president had suffered a mental decline after the election, the authors wrote, a view he communicated to House Speaker Pelosi in a phone call on January 8th. He agreed with her evaluation that Trump was unstable, according to a call transcript obtained by the authors. Confirming what we knew about Nancy Pelosi's attempt to get generals to subvert the will of the president, confirming that early reporting of her being rebuffed are just wrong. It happened. Nancy Pelosi requested military leaders defy Donald Trump, was told that would be a military coup. But apparently these generals actually did it, or I should say Mark Milley actually did it and got these other officers to swear that oath. Why why, why should we trust the office of Joe Biden? Something must be done. We need a new administration. We need a we need. I'll tell you this. Nancy Pelosi should be removed from office immediately. She should be impeached. She won't be. The system is, is fractured. It's broken. We are, we are in deep. The divide is, is, is maximized. And I don't know how you actually solve for this. I don't know how you, how you solve for this. They go on to mention Millie summoned senior officers to review the procedures for launching nuclear weapons, saying the president alone could give the order. But crucially, that he, Millie, also had to be involved, looking each in the eye, asking the officers to affirm that they had understood in what he considered an oath. An oath to the Constitution or an oath to an unelected official. That's what they did. I mean, it's convenient. The left, the Democrats will say, but Donald Trump is unhinged. I don't care. That's what the 25th Amendment is for. That's what Mike Pence is for, not for a separate branch to ask military generals to get officers to swear an oath against the president. Mike Pence is the safeguard to invoke the 25th Amendment. He didn't. So I will not accept their excuses as for why they took this action. It's so convenient, isn't it? Well, we had to subvert the Constitution because the president's nuts. I don't care what your excuse is. There's proper channels for this. Well, of course, we've got Amber Smith saying it's treason. We've got Dana Lash, progressives trying to defend and spin Millie's treason, hate more, hate Trump more than they prize the authority of uh, authority of their own consent. What a self-own Laverne Spicer, Millie committed treason and needs to be removed from his position at once. You can just see across the board. Treason, 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 treason. Many verified conservative personalities saying it's treason. Jack Posobiec reports, at least one of Milley's calls to China was intercepted by a partner nation targeting PRC leadership and resulted in a 5i rocket of WTF to Meade and Bowling per IC official. Pasobic reports several Pentagon officers present in Millie's secret meeting are willing to testify against him under oath, per White House official. Take all of it with a grain of salt. This book from Woodward, how do we know this stuff actually happened? Well, we can look at earlier reporting about Nancy Pelosi and perhaps it's true. As for Jack's reporting on White House personnel, Jack's been very, very right in the past with good sources. Some of it hasn't played out publicly but Jack has had some big scoops. Again, take all of it with a grain of salt. But I can only say this. If they're reporting numerous outlets that on January 8th, Pelosi did this, and the book confirms it, I'm more likely to believe they actually did this. It's a scary reality. Let me show you what this means. In one story from inside paper, Chinese warships including one of China's most advanced destroyers spotted sailing in the waters off of Alaska near U.S. Exclusive Economic Zone. I'm not familiar with what this source is. It's not NewsGuard certified as I normally use. They say, here's a photo. At least three of the Chinese ships could be seen in the distance in one of the photos released by the Coast Guard. U.S. Coast Guard spotted Chinese warships, including one of its most advanced destroyers off Alaska near U.S. Exclusive Economic Zone late last month. The U.S. military revealed in photos. It's fair to say, Throughout the past year, China has been pressing on U.S. allies and in in the South China Sea and the Pacific, often in violation of many treaties. The U.S. recently scrambled aircraft off of, I believe it was the Guam Air Force Base, as well as one other, spreading them around various islands in the Pacific out of fear of a missile strike from China. The U.S. is concerned China could strike. Milley thought it would be appropriate to pledge to them. That he would warn them in advance behind the president's back in October before the election took place. Sorry, there's no excuse for this. I think it's fair to call it treason. China is our principal adversary, promised aid by a U.S. official, at the very least a violation of the Logan Act. No. Here's the Wikipedia entry for treason. I can't tell you specifically treason is, it, you know, they say the offense of treason exists both at federal and state levels. Federal crime is defined in the Constitution as either levying war against the U.S. or adhering to its enemies and carries a sentence of death or imprisonment and fine. Specifically, it says giving aid and comfort. Let me see if uh, uh, we'll read the, the federal law. They say Article 3, uh, Article 3, Section 3. Treason is specifically limited to levying war against the U.S. or adhering to their enemies, giving them aid and comfort. Do you require all of those? Is it giving aid to the Chinese to call them and swear a pledge that you will warn them to swear a a pledge to a foreign adversary that you would have warned them in advance of war, promising them that no attack was imminent? What if we needed them to believe? What if we want China to be concerned that if they try to invade Taiwan, we will attack? What if China is planning to invade Taiwan And then Mark Milley calls him and says, don't worry, we're not going to attack you. And China says, we're all good. They ain't going to do nothing about it. Treason. How about that? I don't know for sure. I honestly don't. But throwing it back to Jack, he says, check the date, January 8th. CNN reported Pelosi says she spoke to General Milley about Trump and the nuclear codes. As it was described by the Wall Street Journal, a coup of Pelosi's own. The House Speaker publicizes her nuclear option to protect the world from Trump. We scoured the U.S. Constitution Friday afternoon, and it's definitely not there. The provision allowing the Speaker of the House of Representatives to intervene in the military chain of command to protect the world from President Trump. Mrs. Pelosi told her Democratic colleagues that she spoke Friday morning to Mark Milley chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff to discuss available precautions for preventing an unstable president from initiating military hostilities or accessing the launch codes and ordering a nuclear strike. She posted the dear colleague letter on her website to make sure the world got her message. A spokesman for General Milley told reporters the chairman answered her questions. The press and left wing Twitter love the idea of the speaker inserting herself into the chain of command as a rebuke to an erratic president. But it's an abuse of her own power which is limited to leading the legislative branch unless both the president and vice president are incapacitated or removed from office. In that case, she is third in line for the presidency. But in the meantime, she has no business telling the joint chiefs not to follow the president's orders. General Milley hardly needs the lecture as he has been dealing with Trump for 15 months and isn't about to indulge an unlawful order, much less an effort to launch nuclear weapons. Mrs. Pelosi's call to General Milley is itself a violation of the separation of powers by seeking to inject herself into an executive branch military decision. She can offer advice all she wants, but this call at this time has the sound of an order. It might even be construed by some as its own little coup, conniving with the military to relieve of command the person who remains the elected president. What if an adversary leaps on the news and decides this is the moment to stage some military action when the U.S. is consumed with internal conflict? Does General Milley now have to consult with a speaker before he acts in America's defense? How anyone thinks her intervention would restore good constitutional order to government or some modicum of sanity to politics is a mystery. In fact, it wouldn't. What this did was further undermine the separation of powers and contributed to the dissolution of the American way of government. We are, we are hanging but by threads of hair at this moment. Joe Biden has violated the separation of powers numerous times, First, with the eviction moratorium, second, by re-upping it this time in violation of not just not not just violating the powers of the legislative branch, but also the judicial when the Supreme Court said it is illegal. You can't do it. And he said, I'll do it anyway. No scruples. The separation of powers is only as good as the culture willing to enforce it. And Joe Biden violated it and faces no impeachment, no rebuke. Conservatives, of course, are outraged by it. Some independent voters are, of course, outraged by it. But what about the left, the Democratic voter base? They don't seem to care. They like the power. So here we are. They say Mr. Trump failed in his constitutional test Wednesday, but Mrs. Pelosi showed an awful judgment with her grandstanding over the nuclear launch codes. Late Friday, she announced that she's also rev- revving up the impeachment machinery. So much for calling political tempers. I don't see how this stops. There is no check on the uh, Democrats and their abuse of power. Any attempt by any individual to call out the establishment is simply met with tribal derision. Nicki Minaj, yes, celebrity, musician, whatever you want to call her, tweeted out the media was lying about her. So she was accused of being far right. Imagine that. You're a celebrity. The media lies about you. You say, hey, they're lying. And so you were called far right. How dare you Pose, the cathedral. What's the solution? But perhaps waking up more voters, pushing them out of the Democratic Party, making more independence, and overpowering them culturally, I think, is a strong play. And maybe we can regain some power in 2022. The, inf- the unfortunate thing is Republicans aren't gonna do anything. There's a handful of Republicans who might. Maybe Joe Kent. Maybe Sean Parnell in the Senate. We'll see. I'm not convinced. This entire time We have seen this game of tug of war where the left is pulling as hard as they can and the right is just trying to hold the rope steady. And if that's all you do, you will be pulled forward into the mud and you will lose. Many aren't standing for it, but I think we just have more evidence of decay and collapse. Army officer resigns over Biden vaccine mandate, Marxist takeover of the military. Lieutenant Colonel Paul Douglas Hogg confirmed to Fox News that his resignation process has begun. Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the US with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the US? They have everything you could possibly want like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, house plants and so much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. Find the perfect fit for your climate and space. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. This spring, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code POOL at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at FastGrowingTrees.com Using the code POOL at checkout. FastGrowingTrees.com, code POOL. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. They say the resignation letter by Lieutenant Colonel Paul Douglas Hogg, tweeted out by his wife and shared with Fox News, said he was resigning from the Army after 19 years of service and foregoing his pension primarily because of the Pentagon's mandatory COVID vaccine for all U.S. service uh, members. First and foremost, I am incapable of subjecting myself to an unlawful, unethical, immoral, and tyrannical order to sit still and allow a serum to be injected into my flesh against my will and better judgment. It is impossible for this so-called vaccine to have been studied adequately to determine the long-term effects. Now, Long-term effects, according to the FDA on the Pfizer vaccine, the only one that's actually been approved, is uh, they're, they're studying it now. So yes, that's true. The FDA and the CDC say it's still safe to get, but many people want to know what the long-term effects may be. That's their personal choice. They're going to say the CDC has that the vaccines are safe and effective. Hogg listed multiple other reasons for his resignation, including what he views as an ideologically Marxist takeover of the U.S. government and their upper echelons, and a complete lack of confidence in the Biden administration, which he blamed for the Kabul attack last month that killed 13 U.S. service members. Quote, I would like nothing more than to continue in the army to reach my 20 years of active federal service and retire with my pension. He wrote, however, instead, I instead will join those who have served before me in pledging my life, my fortune, and my sacred honor to continue resisting the eternal and ever mutable forms of oppression and tyranny, both from enemies outside our nation's border and those within. Hogg's wife Katie Phipps-Hogg told Fox News her husband submitted the letter on August 30th and that it has since been sent up his chain of command and appears to be going smoothly so far. She also sought to clarify some discrepancies in the letter that critics used in an effort to debunk the story. For instance, the letter originally dated August 23rd, but the Kabul attack occurred three days later. Phipps-Hogg said her husband began drafting the letter on August 23rd, revised it multiple times, and forgot to change the original date before submitting it on August 30th. Phipps Hogg also responded to skeptics on Twitter, who asked why her husband didn't uh, protest the multiple other vaccines he had to take in order to serve in the military. He didn't resign over a vaccine, she responded. He said he felt the vaccine was being used as a political tool to divide and segregate Americans. He then went on to list many other reasons for his resignation, none of which have anything to do with vaccines. Hogg confirmed to Fox News that his resignation process has begun and that he still stands by what he said. The army did not respond to Fox News' request for comment. The Pentagon announced on the 23rd that it is requiring all service members to get vaccinated against COVID effective immediately. Military lawyers noted an uptick in calls from service members seeking to understand their rights in light of the, of the, of the mandate. On Monday, demonstrators organized by New Mexico Freedoms Alliance gathered at the Holloman Air Force Base Visitor Center to protest the mandate. The Alam, Al, Alamogordo Daily News reported Here's the way I see this it's all falling apart. I have heard too many stories about this, many of which you won't hear. I had uh, I had dinner with a former service member who told me that he resigned over the Marxism, that he was planning a twenty year career, that he wanted to you know stay in the military for you know until retirement, and uh, he was an officer, and he said that he resigned, uh, and he resigned because of how woke and crazy the military is getting. He doesn't feel he can be effective. The military is being homogenized around those who would blindly follow orders. And where do you think that leads? What do you think that would bring us? Right now, you have many individuals who are uh, many people who are more individualistic, like this uh, Lieutenant Colonel Paul Douglas, thinking for themselves, saying they will make decisions for themselves and they will assume the risks on their own. Many others saying, I don't care. Just tell me what to do. This is causing a split in the culture of this country between those who are more authoritarian, communistic, fascistic, and those who are more libertarian, classically liberal or liberty minded. Where does this lead? I'd imagine some kind of civil war. Yeah, I know that we I've said that we're in one and we are. It's just fourth and fifth generational. What does that mean? Well, it's a cold civil war in the sense that in the Cold War with Russia, we had many conflicts between Russian influences and U.S. influences, right? Russia was in Afghanistan. We pushed back on the communists in Vietnam and North Korea. We tried in some, you know, in Vietnam. And that was effectively us pushing back on the Soviets without actually engaging in conflict with Russia, though we were very close to blowing each other up. What do we have now? Well, we have propaganda warfare. We have one faction in the government just absolutely violating every tenet of U.S. Uh, government function, abusing their authority and power while the media lies to defend them, and a large faction cheers behind them. Meanwhile, in the streets, people are being shot at and shot. It's been going on for years, from Provo, Utah, to Portland just a couple weeks ago. People are being shot. We had a man get out of his car, and Antifa, a bunch of Antifa people drew their guns on him. He drew his gun on them. That's how dangerously close we are. Now, are we going to say that there is uniformed troops marching through the street? Well, that's not happening. But that's not civil war. In the United States, we call it a civil war because we're a union of states. And each state was sovereign. States banded together, creating two separate unions or a confederacy and a union. And they fought. And the union won and then said, you are back in the union. You can't just leave. We sacrificed blood and treasure for you to come. You can't just go follow the rules. See, it was different. Today, today. We're dealing with ideological pockets all over the country. Even in West Virginia, there's areas that are ultra-woke, smaller cities. What people need to understand about the American Civil War is that I believe it was seven states seceded from the Union before there was a war. And it was only after several more that Abraham Lincoln, you know, who was occupying Fort Sumter, basically said, we're not going to let this happen. South Carolina, I think it was South Carolina said, yo, get your troops out of our state. You're not welcome here anymore. Shooting broke out. And then I think it was the shooting that triggered a bunch of other states to secede from the Union, triggering effectively the Civil War and the creation of the Confederacy. And that's why many in the South called it the War of Northern Aggression. The North viewed it as you can't just leave the Union. It's not, that's not permitted. Ulysses S. Grant said that we've sacrificed blood and treasure to admit you and you owe that debt. The North won, obviously. And I think it was, it was morally correct. Slavery was wrong. Not the only issue involved. Many states seceded because of what they viewed as tyranny. But for the most part, slave states, Virginia fractured into two states over this, West Virginia and Virginia. And there you go. I mean, the history is a lot more complicated. If military service members with training, expertise, and years in the, in, in the service are resigning now, these people aren't just going to walk away from their, their morals and their principles. And if the military is now comprised mostly of people who would blindly follow orders, what do you think we're heading towards? We've heard it before. Who would have thought we'd heard it? Who would have thought you'd never hear it again? No, I think we will. And I think it may get kinetic, but it won't look like 1860s. It will look like pockets here and there fighting in the streets like they already are, but scaling up much more significantly until there is actually several states saying no to the federal government. I mean, already you can see what's happening in Texas. They're saying the ATF can shove off. They're making suppressors. Can't do nothing about it. So we'll see. We will see. There's not going to be accountability for Hillary Clinton and the email server. There's not going to be accountability for Dr. Fauci lying. There's not going to be accountability for Mark Milley giving a pledge to China to assist them in the event the U.S. sought to attack them. So what's left? Next segment's coming up tonight at 8 p.m. over at youtube.com slash Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez is getting roasted for attending a $30,000 per ticket event, the Met Gala, while wearing a dress that reads tax the rich. In fact, right now on Twitter, hypocrisy is trending. Now, AOC's explanation for all of this is that members of New York City's political class are often invited to these events because it's part of their responsibility to track and uphold cultural institutions of New York City. I think of it another way. It's a bribe. It's a bribe. If AOC didn't pay for this herself, she took a bribe. I, I, you think I'm, I'm not playing games. Look, I can respect being like, I'm going to crash this event and say tax the rich. I can I can respect someone being like, yo, let's raise a bunch of money and then go tell all these rich people what they can do with it. To an extent, there's something there. Activists do these, you know, they'll crash events all the time. But AOC says that she's invited. If that's the case, ultra rich people inviting politicians into their extremely expensive events is a gift of $30,000. And I fully expect AOC to pay taxes on the $30,000 gift, right? Yeah, probably not. You see, look, a lot of people are saying it's hypocrisy for her to go to this event wearing a dress that says tax the rich. And I'm like, not completely, Not completely. Like I said, there are circumstances in which I think it would be appropriate. And perhaps it's a normal thing that they invite all of these New York politicians to come and do it. And she was like, I'm going to show them what for. The only issue is she wasn't. She wasn't there, you know, smirking at people and pointing them out and saying "Mm." she's smiling. She's partying. She's modeling for the camera. And they're like, wow, what a great dress. And the political elite. And the, and the wealthy elites of New York are saying, yeah, you go, girl. We love it. Meanwhile, you'll notice that you can see the truth here. Was AOC going to this event to tell the wealthy elites where they can put their money? No, she was going there to be part of it. And perhaps this was just her excuse to be like, this is why I went to the event. You see, in this photo from CNN, AOC is not wearing a mask. Why not? The only people at the Met Gala, apparently, I should say in most of the photos, you'll see the workers are all wearing masks. The celebrities and the wealthy elites are not. And I think that's more indicative of who AOC aligns herself with. If she really cared about covid and the working class, she would be wearing a mask just like they are. Instead, she's attended this event as a celebrity for free. That's a tax free gift. No, I don't think so. That is taxable revenue. She is getting marketing value from this. She's being featured in the press. She absolutely should have to pay taxes on that 30K, which I doubt she will. And I doubt anyone would go after her. Here's CNN. AOC wears major political statement to the Met Gala. Look at this photo. Tax the rich smiling. You'll notice in the background of these photos, you see all these journalists and, and, and waitings, wait, waiting staff, all wearing masks, not the celebrities. Congressman AOC took the 2021 Met got, took to the 2021 Met Gala on Monday evening with a bright red message for Americans. Tax the rich. What does that mean? Tax them on what? You know, I'm sick and tired of the empty platitudes of the, the tribalism that we see from the left in a lot of ways. Look, There is an there there is an opposite version of what the left is on the right. It's just fringe and without institutional power. I would often see many on the left and I'd ask them quite simply, "Okay, tax the rich. I'm down. I agree, actually. Uh, Tax them where? Um, I, I can wait. I have time. Yeah, tax what? Are you saying increased capital gains tax? Are you saying increased corporate tax? Are you saying a higher tax income bracket? Okay, well, if you want to start with any of these things, how about we reappropriate tax funding from, I don't know, overseas military budgets? Start there first. Why do we need to constantly keep increasing taxes when your actual issue is, hey, we should provide services to the American people? And I'm like, okay, uh, well, let's start with reappropriating the war budget. You agree with me? All right. How about instead of making addresses as tax the rich, we say stop funding wars? You'd agree with that, too. Okay, I'm down. You see, the issue is tax the rich is a meaningless slogan. When, when, when the left comes out and says, tax the rich, I tell you this, income tax will not change this. Capital gains tax will not change this, especially in the digital age. It is a meaningless statement pushed by people who don't understand how taxes work. You know, just the other night, we were talking about estate taxes on the, on the Timcast IRL members only podcast. Go to Timcast.com if you want to check it out. And it's, it's very, very simple, right? When, when they say, OK, if you die, we take half your money you know, the death tax or whatever, and then your, 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 your kids and your family only inherit half, even though it's already been taxed. Double taxation, they say. So what do rich people do? Put it, put it all in a nonprofit. Start a 501c3 nonprofit, donate your money, write off the taxes. The nonprofit doesn't pay. Make your children board members where they can spend that money as they see fit, pay themselves salaries, and congratulations, you've dodged the da- death tax. I think it's wrong to avoid taxes, but the point I'm bringing up is AOC and the left pushing this message it doesn't solve anything. When, when they increase taxes on corporations, what do the corporations do? They move overseas. When Joe Biden says, we're going to have a free trade, we're going to reduce taxes on imports, but we're going to reduce, we're going to increase taxes and wages here in this country. They just leave. It decimates the, the working class and it decimates the manufacturing base. Well, AOC is getting roasted for this. And let, 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 let's talk about how AOC is effectively like you know, I was thinking about this. The Met Gala really does come off to me like the Capitol in The Hunger Games. Remember, have you seen the movie where it's like you got all these different districts of poor people to varying degrees? And then in the Capitol, people drink Ipecac to vomit so they can eat more food. That's part of the movie. I guess they're all dressed very strangely and partying and celebrating in the Capitol while all of the people in the other districts are oppressed, suppressed, and doing hard manual labor in coal mines. At least that's the main character. It's a district of Katniss. And I saw this and I was like, you know what AOC is? She's a victor. She's a victor, right? So in the Hunger Games, every, I think it's every year they take, uh, I don't know how many, I don't, I'm not a big fan. Like I'm not a big fan who's tracked the whole thing, but I've seen the movies. They take two young people from each district. So I think that's what, that's like 24 kids. And then they can fight to the death. And the one person who wins is still a poor person, but they get to get paraded around the Capitol as a celebrity, as a victor appearing on TV shows. And I'm like, that's what AOC is. She claims to be working class. And you know what? Let me, let, me, let me pull up what she said. Let me just show you what she said on Twitter. The medium is the message. She posted this photo of her with the tax the rich dress. You can then, she wrote, proud to work with Aurora James as, as a sustainably focused black woman immigrant designer who went from starting her dream Brother Avelis at a flea market in Brooklyn to winning the CFDA against all odds and then work together to kick open the doors at the Met. Kick open the doors. Brilliant. The time is now for childcare, healthcare, health care and climate action for all. Tax the rich, she said. And before haters get wild flying off the handle, New York elected officials are routinely invited to and attend the Met. Due to our responsibilities in overseeing and supporting the city's cultural institutions for the public, I was one of several in attendance in this evening. Oh, that explains it. Thirty thousand dollar gift. Pay your taxes on it. You want to talk about taxing the rich? Boom, right there with you. How about this capital gains tax? Very specific. So here's here's what I'm saying. You know, Joe Biden wants to raise capital gains tax. Okay, I'm totally down. Let's make it focused and specific. You don't, we, we don't want to raise capital gains on, say, 401ks. We don't want to raise capital gains on retirement accounts. But day traders, okay, I'm, I'm down with saying, if your job doesn't produce anything for society, yeah, we're going to tax you a little bit on this one. Capital gains isn't income tax, so it's not taxed the same as you know, other, uh, other income. It's different. So I'm, I'm, I'm down for that conversation. I'm down to say, you know what, how about we, we increase the amount of tax brackets we have? You want to talk about taxing the rich? I say this. You make more than $5 million. We start increasing taxes proportionally up to a, a particularly high amount at a very, very high level. So long as we have people who are worth billions of dollars, we should consider, you know, increasing tax brackets within reason. I don't know what the number is. I don't think it's 70%, maybe 55 And I'll tell you this, my friends, this is not me being a hypocrite because people are going, Tim, you're rich. Well, yes, I am. I am, I am. I am well off. I am wealthy and I am fine with higher taxes on the wealthy, 100%. I do not like the disproportionate power we see from Michael Bloomberg and his other people just dumping money into the system to get guns banned and things like that. Now, my arguments have been countered by many people on Timcast IRL saying that's leftist propaganda, and we should allow those of great merit and wealth the ability to, to influence the system as they see fit. And I disagree. I just, I just don't agree with that message. Sorry, I'm not an ANCAP. I think the problem is that power coalesces and that if people like Bezos had their way, they'd nuke the system. Obviously, Bezos doesn't want to destroy everything or Zuckerberg because they operate within it and they're made wealthy by the actions of individuals who utilize their systems. I just don't like the the, the, I don't like centralized authority. I don't like that over time we see Amazon just dominate. Then you, what ends up happening is as malls suffer and mom-and-pop shops close down because of, the, because of COVID, because of government action, Amazon just rakes in the cash. Now, I don't know what the exact uh, answer to the problem is. I can just say, be it the government or corporations, centralized power is a bad thing. And so we should create means by which we knock it down a little bit. Ocasio-Cortez, you want to tax the rich? Let's start with your $30,000 gift. You were given When you were allowed to attend this event that none of us could unless we pollied up 30 grand. That ticket is worth 30 grand. It was given to you and you better pay your taxes on it. Now, AOC, at last uh, I checked, presumably has a negative net worth, probably because of school loans or something like that. She makes $174,000 a year and she has between $15,000 and $50,000 in debt, I believe, in her last uh, financial uh, disclosure form. Which means she probably has a negative net worth. Okay, I'm not going to pretend she's ultra rich. But I will say, if you are given $30,000 in value, be it a car or otherwise, you owe taxes on that. Is she going to now file the taxes on that? Of which for this and her current income bracket, I'd imagine she'd have to pay you know 30 or so percent. 10 grand, pony up, pay it up. Why should we have the, have the working class... Be, be the ones, you know, paying, paying the taxes, being the ones excluded from these events, being the ones forced to lock down their businesses, losing their jobs, being told they have to wear masks. masks. But you get to go to hoity-toity high-end events, party with celebrities. Meanwhile, you're like, oh, I'm doing it because it's activism. No, you're a victor. You, have, you come from humble beginnings, and I can respect that. I think it's silly when people criticize AOC for being a bartender. I think that's wonderful and fantastic. The thing is, you know what we like about Katniss Everdeen in the Hunger Games is that she hated all of these people. She hated all of it. She wanted to be with her family. She didn't want to be in the Hunger Games. She didn't want to be a victor. She didn't want to be in the Capitol dancing around wearing these clothes. She hated it.
1: Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No over 18+. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
0: And there were other people who are like just do what you're supposed to do. Just dance for the elites. AOC is complicit. She is not protesting anything saying tax the rich. It's meaningless. No. She received free money to go to a celebrity event, to laugh and smile with all these people, and that's what she did. Let me show you some of these photos coming out. We have uh, this one, just direct criticism, her laughing and smiling, wearing tax the rich. She's not wearing a mask. She's having a good time, and these people like her doing this. Her message, it's meaningless to them. No rich person is scared of, of the rich being taxed. It's just not true. The left will be like, we got to tax the rich. And the rich are like, dude, you do not know the ways in which we can circumvent your stupid taxes. Jeff Bezos. How much money does he make per year? What do you think his salary is? $83,000 a year. You think I'm kidding? His total income with bonuses is estimated. The last time I report on this was a couple of years ago was about a million dollars per year. Hey, not bad. It's a lot of money. So with incentives from the company and with his salary, about a million bucks. Now, his stock is worth a whole lot of money, and that's where his net worth really is. So when he sells it, sure, there's capital gains, but tax the rich. What does it mean, and how are you going to do it? And what's to stop Bezos from being like, I'm going to move my corporate headquarters to Ireland, or the Bahamas, or St. Kitts and Nevis, or whatever island where I can avoid paying taxes? They do it all the time. Not only that, what's to stop him from saying, I'll create a 501c3 and donate all of my money so I can write it off on the taxes and then store it in an entity that can't be taxed. They come out and they say, tax the churches. And I'm like, churches are just nonprofits. They're functionally the same. A 501c3 can engage in politics. Don't got to pay taxes. I don't see you coming out and saying tax Greenpeace. That's right. If it's a leftist cause, they want to tax. If it's a church, because they're empty, mindless platitudes. The event is invite only. And the guest list is vetted by Vogue Editor-in-Chief Anna Winter. There's a waiting list to get on the list. And to qualify, you need to have Kylie Jenner-level buzz in the fashion world. Winter has final say on every attendee. So even if a company buys a table, it can't choose everyone who sits there. Tickets for the event cost about $30,000 or $275,000 for a table. Let me remind you, AOC did not go to this event alone. She went there. Let me see. Where's that? Where's that photo? She went there with this other woman. Oh, actually, OK, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe she didn't go there. I thought she was there with uh, with with. Isn't this the woman? Maybe I'm getting it wrong. Yeah, I thought that was. Oh, look at this. This is so creepy. Even in the photo of them trying the dress on, the woman is wearing a mask and AOC isn't. This is what they really want. This is the world that they that, that they're striving for. The elites are privileged. Here you go. OK, so oh, wait, is that the same woman? Okay, so I don't think this woman is with AOC. I'm not sure. She's, wearing a, she's holding a microphone for Vogue. So maybe she just works at Vogue. So I apologize for the error. Vocal Distance says, My son is seven and has to wear a mask at school for eight hours every day. Here's the best part. Someone responded, So do all the other servants. And there you can see all of the people working the event. They have to wear masks. Here's a, uh, let me, let me pull up some more. Matt Walsh says, Nothing says modern leftism like a bunch of rich elitists at a $30,000 per ticket gala walking around in hideous designer dresses with empty political slogans emblazoned across them while an adoring press looks on and drools into their face muzzles. Peg the patriarchy says, is that Cara Delevingne? You look behind her. Here's a guy. He's wearing a mask. That's right. If you're working the event, if you're a journalist, if you're press, got to wear your mask. Celebrities, they don't have to. They're rich. Rich people are better than us. Poor people. OK, I know I'm not I'm, I'm, I'm well off uh, here. You can see more press all wearing their masks. This woman wearing the thing that says, you know, rights, equal rights for women. It's like and tax the rich. And guess who doesn't have to wear a mask? But everybody else does. Now, there is something magical happening outside of all of this hypocrisy. Uh, I'll, I'll end. I'll end on this stuff with saying simply, like, I don't mind a good protest where you show up and you mock the, these people, whatever. You want to talk about a real protest? Here's what I'd do. If I got invited to the event, uh, I'd show up and you know what I would wear? Street clothes. In fact, I'd I'd go to a thrift store and buy garbage clothes. And then I would go around and every statement I'd give is, you know, uh, the people here. Spend money on ridiculous things for ridiculous reasons. AOC wants to complain about the ultra-rich buying ultra-rich garbage. Meanwhile, she goes to an event with a bunch of people who have insanely expensive trash and are exempt from the rules. Sorry, that is hypocrisy. You want to say tax the rich? Don't get a fancy dress made that says tax the rich that probably costs thousands of dollars. I wonder how much it costs to make that. She got her friend to do it. Still, people have their labor costs money. Perhaps it was... You know, look, they specially made this thing. I would imagine it costs thousands of dollars, but maybe I'm wrong. Either way, she's there as, as an inv- invitee, having a good time partying. I think the tax the rich thing was just an excuse so that she could be like, but, but I was protesting. Sure. And her sycophants will just play into it. But I want to show you something that's, that's, that's really fascinating. Nicki Minaj. Nicki Minaj is quite certainly famous. She has 22 million followers. And we have this this news article from Variety. Nicki Minaj says she isn't attending the Met Gala because of vaccination requirement. Nikki says, never said this. Glad all my tweets left uh, were left up on it. That's right. Nicki Minaj said that she didn't want. I'll come to that one later. She didn't want to attend the event. Maybe it's over here. Here's what she said. Someone said Nikki's last public appearance was over a year ago. And Nicki Minaj said, I have an infant with no nannies during covid. Who mad? Not risking his health to be seen. One yourself. Nicki Minaj said, I'm not going out to events because I have a kid. She just had the kid and she's posted photos and videos or whatever and audio. of. I think she's posted photos and videos. She posted like audio of the baby. I don't know if she wants to show her baby. Celebrities typically try to protect their kids. What do we get from the media? Oh, they lie. Nicki Minaj won't get vaxxed, says she's worried about swollen testicles. She didn't say that. She did have a funny tweet telling a story about her cousin in Trinidad, who said they knew someone who became impotent, but that's just someone tweeting. She said, please show me where I said I'm worried about anything. This is what the media does. Here's three stories. Nicki Minaj says she refused to get vaccinated for the Met Gala. Fans respond with research. Nicki Minaj says she's skipping the Met Gala over its vaccine requirement. Nicki Minaj won't get vaxxed, says she's worried about swollen testicles. Nikki says, Three lies in a row from uh, from huge news platforms. I cited my young child as why I didn't want to travel. But notice how none of them mentioned that. Ask yourself why that was. To which Michael Malice responds, the corporate press is the enemy of the people. And someone said, you know, Nikki on the wrong side when the far right is on your side. On the wrong side. What do you mean she's on the wrong side? Nicki Minaj did not say she was skipping the event over the vaccine requirements. In fact, she said she would get vaccinated and she recommended people do it but that's not punchy. That's not going to generate rage. So how is Nikki on the wrong side when she's in favor of vaccination, recommending vaccination, and says she doesn't want to travel because she has a new, a new baby? She's being told she's on the wrong side. You see how the game is played? So what I was talking about the other day with uh, Bill Maher, you know, Bill Maher uh, said, why am I always, people keep saying why you criticize the left too much? Well, it's because they're embarrassing me. Maybe people will finally start to wake up to this. Nicki Minaj isn't on the wrong side. Nicki Minaj quite literally said she supports the vaccine, but the media lied about her anyway. And now because Nicki is saying, hey, they're lying about me, they're like, you're on the wrong side. So what is Nicki Minaj supposed to do? Come out and be like, yes, it's all true. Everything they're saying is true. I submit. No, they lied. That's the world. If you don't just defend the lies about you and accept what they say about you, well, you're the bad person. She said, she, here's a tweet where she says, I def recommend they get the vaccine. They have to feed their families. I'm sure I'll be vaccinated as well because I have to go on tour. Welcome now. To the game is played. Nicki Minaj now realizing it. That'll be fair. Nicki also had a whole bunch of other stuff that I can't show on YouTube. Talking about Joy Reid being a liar. Because this is what the media does. These establishment players want to make money. It's Some grand conspiracy. You know, a lot of people think it is. No, it's decay. It's cultural decay. It's behavioral sink. Nicki Minaj says the Met wanted people to be vaccinated. You know, I'm sure I'll get vaccinated. Someone said, you, you haven't been in, a, 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 you haven't made an appearances. Well, I've got a new kid, so I'm not traveling. And then they said she's worried about swollen testicles because she told a story about her cousin. And they're trying to squeeze whatever they can out of her tweets to create a narrative. And that narrative is simply because she told a funny story about her cousin. Like a, kind of a scary story, to be honest. That means she is an anti-vaxxer. Because she said that she, you know, she doesn't want to travel with her kid, that, that one's irrelevant. We'll ignore that one. Because she said the Met required vaccination, they're saying, well, that clearly must be the reason, even though she didn't say it. You know, maybe deep down she was like, she didn't want to go get vaccinated, so she didn't go. Or maybe when she posted the audio of her very young baby, she wants to spend time with her kid. Look, Nikki's rich. She doesn't have to work. And so she's like, she has She's has, she has a gift. She can be like, I got a kid. I'm going to stay with my kid. Why would you want to go to the Met Gala over being with your child? You see how the media plays it. Swollen testicles. Welcome to the game, Nikki. Sorry they're lying about you, you know, but this is, this is how it works. And when someone comes to your defense and says, you're right, the media's lying. They say Nikki's on the wrong side, not because of, of who she agreed with, but because someone agreed with her. You see how, this, you see how that plays out? Let me just make sure I can, I, I can make this clear for y'all. You know, Nikki, on the wrong side when the far right on your side. Nikki said something to which Michael Malice made a statement. Nikki didn't come out and say, I agree with this group of people for these things. She came out and said they lied about me. But because someone on the right agreed with her, that means Nikki is now on the wrong side. Politics only flows in one direction. You see how that works? I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out, and I will see you all then. Comedian Tim Dillon is currently getting flack online after he announced a series of venues he would be performing at, and people realized many of these venues require proof of vaccination. Well, Tim Dillon has said that vaccine mandates are nonsensical. He's spoken out against them. And so many people are criticizing him, saying, then why would you perform at a venue that requires these things? It's not just Tim Dillon. Now, I will say, I don't know Tim Dillon. Never met him. Heard of him. Uh, He can do whatever he wants. But I will be critical of him if he's going to say vaccine mandates are bad and then be like, oh, no, I can't do anything about it because, oh, well, they're mandating vaccines. You could choose not to play there like Jim Brewer. Now, I get it. Jim Brewer's, you know, no offense to Jim, but he was really big SNL in the 90s. I don't know if he has the same kind of draw or pull as someone like Tim Dillon might. I'm not sitting here. I'm not going to sit here and, and play this game of like who's worth more. I can simply point out Jim Brewer is canceling events because they mandate the vaccine. Joe Rogan, not doing that either. And I think Joe needs to be criticized very heavily for this, as, as do many other people. I'm, I'm, I'm not OK with it. I'm absolutely not okay with listening to people come out and say vaccine mandates are wrong. You shouldn't force this. You shouldn't be segregating people. You shouldn't be discriminating against people. It's a private medical decision. And then go, well, for me, I'm going to actually, you know, patronize these establishments and make them lots of money. No, I'm not playing that game. We saw it yesterday. I want you to look at this photo. COVID rules are for serfs not celebrities. The Met Gala yesterday, we saw Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez in her tax the rich dress. All of these celebrities and political elites wearing their ridiculous Hunger Games outfits like the Capitol, while the people working the event wear masks. I despise these people. I despise them more than anything. I always have. And they say I'm not on the left. I have always been disgusted by this image right here. These people, their ridiculous outfits, their flaunting of wealth and power while they while they tell the help, the workers, they're subject to special rules. No, that is not America. America is the country where a farmer could walk up to the president and give him the middle finger. Okay, I mean that figuratively their secret service, but to a certain degree, you can do it. You can go to campaign events, you get in There's security because we want to keep people safe. But you can say, F you, who are you to talk to me like that? You ain't nobody. Joe Biden wants to come out and say, our patience is wearing thin. I don't give a damn about your patience. We do not live in a despotic authoritarian regime, although it's certainly turning into that. And now I will say this photo I see. Ella Emhoff, stepdaughter of the vice president and actress Julia Garner pose on the Met Gala in front of a courtier, <laughs> coterie of masked staffers. That was the image we saw all with the Met Gala. And it makes me barf in my mouth a little bit. It's disgusting. But you know what? You want to live in the Capitol. You want to live like that. You want to be a serf suckling on the toes of the establishment political elites who know that they're better than you then go ahead and do it. You want to watch the Young Turks so you can listen to Anna say, I'm better than you and I know it. Go ahead and do it. But you know what? Don't expect me to stand by when those claiming to oppose this support these systems. Now, Joe Rogan, <clears throat> in this story from Local 12, August 29th, says that he'll refund fans who don't want him to get vaccinated. Let me just point out, I don't know AOC, not a big fan of AOC, I try to give her credit sometimes when she says or does good things because I don't want to always be negative. I want to make sure we can highlight some good things, but I very much disagree with her and what she does. I view her as controlled opposition. She is just an establishment show. Joe Rogan's pretty good and one of the most important figures in terms of cultural politics speaking out and standing up for what he believes in, defending the little guy very often. But in this regard, we can see something rather interesting. Joe can come out all day and night talking about how vaccine mandates are wrong. But when push comes to shove, he will walk right into the venue that's mandating it and say, well, just give the money back to the people who can't get vaccinated. I don't care what your what your excuse is going to be for the people you like. I know, Joe, consider him a friend. I'm going to criticize him. This is wrong. Joe should cancel the event. He's already sold 13,000 tickets at a minimum. I think the lowest price is 40 bucks. It goes up to like 55 bucks. A lot of money to walk away from, I guess. But I just don't understand. I I just really, really don't get it. How much money is enough? I don't get it. I don't know why Joe would do the event. He's already world famous with the biggest podcast in the world. He can't get more famous. He's already got gotten his deal from Spotify, which is like $100 million. What are you even going to do with all this? I don't understand. At a certain point, it's called fu money. Now, look, I'm not Joe. He can do what he wants. He can be happy about my critique or he can, you know, uh, he can ignore it or he can criticize me or he can tell me to shove off an fu. He can do whatever he wants. He's his own guy. Tim Dillon, same thing. But don't think I'll sit back while people claim that they're opposed to these mandates, and then support these things. You think I'm going to go perform in New York City? Never going to happen. I will not be the cog in the machine of the despots. Now, there's a big difference between saying at public institutions, we want vaccines, particularly like MMR stuff, you know, measles, mumps, rubella, and polio and things like that. I am a big, big, big fan of all these vaccines. I'm absolutely 100% on board. In fact, mRNA technology the, the, the new vaccines, the code vaccines. It's amazing. Now, I'm not even exaggerating. Like, seriously, look at what they do with this. I remember watching this video about new ways to defeat viruses if antibiotic, uh, antibiotics stop working. And there's like uh, there's there's receptor blocking technology where they can send in proteins that block the receptors on, on, on bacteria so that it can't reproduce. And then it's like a different way of destroying because they eventually just die out. It's really clever stuff mRNA. Apparently they take like a piece of messenger RNA code, put it into a lipid, which transports it to a cell, programming the cell to take a certain action. And then your body can do something about it. In this instance, produce spike proteins. Your body then destroys them. And that's supposed to provide the protection for the COVID, uh, COVID virus because SARS COVID-2 has spike proteins on it. Now there's other things they can do with mRNA, maybe even cure cancer. Amazing. Okay, well, hopefully we get to that point, because if someone comes to me right now and says their doctor recommended against for whatever reason, who am I to tell them they're wrong? Howard Stern criticized Joe Rogan's doctor for prescribing him off label use medications. Who the are you, Howard Stern, to question a doctor? You're some dumb guy on the radio who says stupid things. I'm not going to sit here and pretend that I'm a doctor either. I defer to the doctors. Joe Rogan's got a doctor who says it. I say, well, what am I supposed to say? I'll tell you my opinions. I think the vaccines are great, but I think it's up to you. Now, if somebody comes out and says there's not enough information on the risk to pregnancies, which is in the Pfizer FDA insert, I say, then sounds like you got to make a personal choice. Joe Rogan is basically saying that anybody who, who, who feels this way or is concerned about this, you get your money back, but you're not allowed to see him perform in New York City. Now, I'm not blaming him for New York banning people. I'm saying, why would you provide the incentive to pressure people to do this. Refunding people is the least you could do, I suppose I can respect that to a certain extent. But the only reason the vaccine mandates work in New York City is because every single mom and pop shop is saying I'm just following orders. So Let me tell you something. New York City, New York State and federal law prohibit discrimination on the basis of medical disability. And there are some people who can't get vaccinated. Now, the left will say there is no medical reason. There's a whole CDC list of medical reasons you can't get vaccinated, particularly specific allergies like glycol, for instance. So these businesses have chosen which law they want to violate. I'm, I'm sorry. The decree isn't a law. Now, I'm not happy to see that Joe or Tim Dillon or anybody is going to say, don't blame me, blame the government, you know, but I'll just be the incentive, the, the, the machine providing the, the opportunity for these establishments to be empowered. If Joe Rogan came out right now and said, I will not perform at Madison Square Garden because of the vaccine mandate, if you are one of the 13,000 people who paid for this ticket, you will get a refund. And by all means, please send a complaint to the city and the venue. Because maybe when you have that much influence and you tell people to speak up, you can make a difference. And this is what I don't understand. I don't know Joe's circumstance. I don't know why he he needs the money or needs to perform. Maybe he does. It's his choice, not mine. I will tell you this. I don't understand at all. At what point the money is worth it. Sorry, I don't. Timcast.com is doing extremely well. It, 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 there are these leftists who try to claim that I'm poor or whatever. I haven't been poor since I worked for Disney. okay? Disney paid me in a, in a ridiculous amount of money. They cut me a check for 200 grand on the spot after talking to me for 10 minutes. Yeah, not poverty. And at a certain point, you get this money and you're like, I have space, I have my own skate park, I've got a Tesla. And we're building a company and hiring journalists. I'm not saying this to brag about things that I have or my success. I'm saying it to point out at a certain point, I don't even know what to do with money other than give it away, which I do a lot of, to be completely honest. Mostly, I'm trying to hire people and make sure we can build awesome stuff and stand up for what, what we believe in. That's just me. Maybe that's who I am. That's why we're setting up TimCast.com. That's why we're hiring more journalists. That's why we're starting a nonprofit. We've already filed the paperwork for a fact-checking organization so that we can hire people to start fact-checking the news and doing something that will have an impact. Because at the end of the day, I just don't get it. How much money is enough for any of these people? For Bezos, for Zuckerberg, for Joe, for Tim Dillon. I'm not going to sit here and pretend Tim Dillon is a multimillionaire like Joe Rogan. That I get. And Joe is offering a, 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 a refund. Let me read this real quick, and then I'll show you the Tim Dillon stuff. Rogan says he will offer refunds to any of his fans who don't want to get a COVID-19 vaccine, but already purchased tickets to his show at Madison Square Garden prior to the mandate. Rogan said in his podcast th- uh, last week, this is report on the 29th, after de Blasio's mandate that he had already sold 13,000 tickets to his show, but he opposes vaccine requirements. The Keenan decided to offer refunds as a solution. If someone has an ideological or physiological reason for not getting vaccinated, I don't want to force them to get vaccinated to see an effing stupid comedy show, Rogan said. And now they say that everybody has to be vaccinated, and I want everybody to know that you can get your money back. Rogan has insisted that he's not against the COVID-19 vaccine, but he's against vaccine mandates and passports. All right, I'll cut Joe some slack. He likely has a very strict and serious contract, and even if he is particularly wealthy, he could be on the hook for maybe even tens of millions of dollars if he, can't, if he breaks that contract. So maybe he is not able to actually pull out. I want to make sure I'm being fair. I, I know Joe. I trust Joe. I think he's a good dude, and I don't think that he would—I think he's strategic, and I think he is principled. It still is a damn shame to see this happening. I don't know what he could do. Maybe he could come out and tell everybody to complain about it and and protest or something or even demand a refund. Maybe if he wasn't able to actually cancel, he could say, I'll still perform because of contractual obligations, but I encourage everybody to not come to the show. That could potentially be a breach of contract as well. So I'm not going to sit here and pretend I know his private circumstances. Now, as for Tim Dillon, this is something different. Tim is not playing at, as far as I know, Madison Square Garden, which is probably like Madison Square Garden probably has a hefty, thick contract as lawyers went through. It was probably planned well in advance. Still, regardless of those details, I got to be critical of Joe moving forward with this. It is what it is. Tim Dillon said, a quick note on the vaccine stuff for my more brain dead fans. I am not requiring anything. Venues, promoters and state and local governments are requiring it. To attend shows in New York and L.A., many other states, you need to show vax proof. If you don't want to go, listen to the podcast for free. That's right. I oppose it. But anybody who is unable or or unwilling or concerned about the risks, you're not welcome to come to my shows. Don't blame me. I'm just propping up the system. That's the issue I have with Joe and Tim right now. The, the, the critique I have for both of them. I don't hate Tim Dillon. I actually respect him calling out a lot of the woke garbage. I have tremendous respect for Joe Rogan. He's a very important figure calling out authoritarianism and woke garbage. But the system can only exist so long as you are willing to support it. Every single mom and pop restaurant in New York City that says we will uphold the mandate in violation of the ADA is are, they are the ones who are making it happen because there is no Gestapo in New York mandating this stuff. If y'all said no, it would be over. But you know what? People just don't want to stand up against this. Tim Dillon says, I have already stated my issue with with government mandates being nonsensical. However, I am not the governor of New York. So how about you don't perform in New York and you go somewhere else? I mean, New York City has the mandate. Perhaps you could find a suburban venue outside of New York City, not even that far away. That can accommodate your show and wouldn't require wouldn't require proof of vaccination. So what's the issue?
1: Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place
0: you've gotten lucky?
1: I never win and tell.
0: Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void way prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I don't want to cut Joe slack simply because I know him. Madison Square Garden is a particularly specific venue. Again, contractual issues. So benefit of the doubt in that regard, Tim Dillon, I think, has more of an opportunity to say no to this and go somewhere else. In fact, that's not even a point that I've come up with. One of his fans actually said you can go to the suburbs where they don't mandate vaccines, but you chose not to. Joe Rogan doesn't need to be performing at these venues. We'll see what Joe does after Madison Square Garden. Someone said boycotting venues and states that require that garbage would send a big message and promote venues that aren't segregationists, though. And Tim said, should I also boycott Texas because they banned abortion, which I don't agree with? You know what? Seeing that was when I was like, "Okay, I get it. Tim wants money. He wants to perform. He wants to make money. I get it. You know, it's easy for me to say when I'm like, look how rich I am or whatever. I don't have to worry about canceling a show. I don't have to worry about, you know, necessarily quitting my job. I have an income stream that's insulated from all of this. But I will tell you this right now. Don't play with me. I tried breaking my contract at Fusion, the company that was paying me a ridiculous sum of money, because I did not agree with what they were doing to news media. And they wouldn't let me. And that's why I can say, I get it. Joe might have a contract. I tried to quit. They wouldn't let me. When the contract ended, I was out. I was not happy with that arrangement. And it may be true for Joe, but Tim is the one booking these shows now after the fact. So I hope Joe in the future doesn't book any more of this trash. And I hope Tim Dillon chooses to do the right thing as well. Now, look, if you're in favor of the Vax mandates, go do your Vax mandate show, I guess. Tim Dillon's getting absolutely ratioed on all this stuff, though. Let me just state for the for the Texas abortion thing. Let me just put this out there. If you disagree with Texas abortion law, yeah, you maybe shouldn't go there. However, the venue isn't an abortion clinic. So if you were performing in an abortion clinic and you were requiring people to be denied an abortion, I might understand like, okay, but it doesn't really apply here. It makes no sense. The venue might tell you straight to your face. We oppose the, 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 the abortion bill that passed. We are a music venue, a performance venue. We don't have anything to do with performing abortions. So your fans are fine. Okay, great. They can, they can walk in without worry about anything. In New York, your fans can only get in if they abide by a rule you publicly oppose. Imagine being like, I mean, it's just really, really simple math. I am hereby against X. Now, I will be going to a venue that requires X, so all of you who are opposed to it like I am, too bad. What? Yeah, that's my, I have a problem with this. You can't come out and say that I think grilled cheese should be illegal. You know, tomorrow I'll be performing at a grilled cheese venue that requires you purchase a grilled cheese in order to watch the show, but um, I oppose it. No, sorry, I'm not going to sit here and just say you're free to do, um, I'm, you're going to be free from criticism. Look at this right here. Jim Brewer, goat boy, bravo, good sir, trending in the United States. Why? Because he said no, like a man. Comedian and SNL alum, Jim Brewer cancels shows at venues requiring COVID vaccination. The former SNL cast member said the cancellations were due to the segregation of them forcing people to show up with vaccinations. (laughs) Now, there you go. The immediate response from people is, oh, but come on, who's Jim Brewer? Whatever will we do without Jim Brewer? Jim Brewer may not be as famous or have the same draw as he did in the past. I honestly don't know. Maybe he does. I mean, He was really big in the 90s. Maybe he's got a good boomer and Gen X uh, demographic. Tim Dillon's a younger guy, Uh, skews younger audience. Joe Rogan's got a massive audience. Quote, two quick updates on shows that you may think you may be getting tickets to or you already have tickets to. The Wellmont Theater, New Jersey, not doing it. Also, the Royal Oak Theater in Michigan, due to the segregation of them forcing people to show up for the vaccination with the vaccinations, I am also not doing the shows. I am not going to set. I know I'm going to sacrifice. Sorry, he says, quote. I know I'm going to sacrifice a lot of money, but I'm not going to be enslaved to the system or money. Jim Brewer, Jim Brewer, can we book you for our event? I'd love to have you, man. Brewer said getting vaccinated was a choice and he didn't care what his fans might have to say about his decision to cancel his shows. He said patrons were being forced and bribed before they could attend his shows. If you have anything else to say, I honestly don't care, Brewer said. Due to I have to stick to my morals, I have to, I have to stick to what I know is right. Brewer said in some cases he doesn't blame venues for enforcing vaccine mandates, but rather governors and ticketing vendors. He said the venues were being held hostage. Neither venues responded to uh, to requests for comment. Comedian Patton Oswalt recently canceled his upcoming tour dates in Florida and Salt Lake City because the venues would not comply with his request that attendees either show proof of full vaccination or a negative COVID test. You see how the game is played? Patton Oswalt will demand a venue that doesn't do it, do it, or he'll cancel. Tim Dillon won't. So long as the left is willing to stand by their morals and their convictions, they will win every single time. But not even Joe Rogan would cancel this event. That's the best we have to offer. The people who believe in liberty and freedom and individual choice will always back down, won't they? Or maybe they never really believed it in the first place. And maybe it was true what the left said that many of these people are just grifters. You know what, man? Try me. We're going to put on a venue in in a month or so. We're planning it. We're going to have a comedian. I'm going to try and see if Jim Brewer would want to perform. I don't know if I can get him. We'll see what we can do. You come to me and you play games and I will stand by my convictions every single time. When the Antifa guy in Boston gets in my face and started swinging at me, I didn't flinch. I clenched my jaw and tightened my abs and I said, try me. If push came to shove and it came down to it, and all of y'all just gave in. I would take my van down by the river and say, then I guess I'm it. I am legend. I am the creature who lurks in the night. I don't fit in because, you know, I, I remember that that great quote from Captain America, because when everyone tells you you're wrong, it is your job to plant your and you're wrong and to move. It's your job to plant yourself like a tree and say, no, you move. But we don't have that. Patton Oswald, celebrity comedian would try and tell venues to comply with with mandatory vaccination. And when they said no, he says, canceled. Tim Dillon says, I'm sorry, guys, they're the ones who are doing it. And he's booking these now. Joe Rogan would say, well, I'll give you a refund. It's the best we have to offer, isn't it? Imagine there is a game of tug of war going on. And on the left, they are pulling with all their might. And on the right, they're just trying to stay where they are, not trying to pull the rope and win, just trying not to move. Who do you think wins in that scenario? I can't speak for anybody else. Let me just put it this way. Tim can do whatever he wants. And if you like him and your fans, then call me an idiot in the comments below and say whatever you want to say about me. And if you're a fan of Joe Rogan and you want to apologize uh, uh, and defend their positions on all this stuff, by all means. I think it's fair to point out contractual obligations, but if Patton Oswalt is willing to cancel his, his events at, at, at venues, why can't anybody who supposedly believes in freedom and opposes the vaccine mandates, why can't they do it? And this is why you see the right getting censored left and right. It's why the Republicans are a speed bump for Democrats, and it's why we consistently get pulled into the authoritarian left, because we don't got anybody who's willing to stand up plant themselves like a tree and say, no, you move. Peaceful, persuasive, resourceful, as I often say. But if we can't even get comedians to cancel a show, I don't know what to tell you. But I will, I will say uh, a couple of things. I don't know Tim Dillon's financial circumstances. I'd imagine he's probably well off. You know, if he's a success, successful comedian and podcaster, he probably makes a decent amount of money. He's not poor by any stretch of the imagination. Um, I don't know if he's a millionaire or ultra wealthy. But let me just say something else. Speak a bit candidly. I'm not saying this because I'm trying to brag about the success of TimCast.com. We have, we have about 30 employees already. We are working on a ton of projects. We just did some live reads for a new, show, a new show. These things take time, and we're a small company trying to grow rapidly. Our revenue stream is fantastic, mostly thanks to all of you awesome people who are members who support our work. Now, throughout the work that I've done in media— I have come to be particularly wealthy, and there's no other real way to say it. But I can tell you this. There comes a point where I look at my bank account, and I look at my assets, and I look at my portfolio and everything, and I'm just like, I don't even know what to do with this. And that's why we're hiring as fast as we can. And you can only hire so fast. You can't just hire someone and say, here's a, here's a, a pen and paper, do work. We have to know that people have the ability, they have the talent, it takes time to grow and develop. So I'm like, I, wanna, I, would, I would love to just take all the money and just boom, hire all these people, but we can't. But that's the goal. I don't, I, I've got a nice car. We've got some fun stuff for the vlog. We've got a big production facility. We've got skate parks here. Yes, we've spent money making this place fun and exciting because we want to build culture and inspire people. As for the money that comes in, I'm trying to figure out what do you even do with it other than help people give a lot of it away? I tell you this, I keep the, my giving private. But I give away a substantial amount of money. I really, really do. Not because I'm trying to be wasteful or anything, but I've saved pets. I've saved people. I, I've uh, given to specific charitable events. I've funded projects. And if I had the ability to put all that money into more stuff under uh, the Timcast.com umbrella faster, I'd definitely do it. But let me just explain. At a certain point, you, know, you might think it's crazy that someone would give away a grand or, or large sums of money. But at a certain point, it's like you need to understand there is a certain level of wealth where it is just insanity. And I'll put it this way. After a decade in the industry and the things I have seen and worked for, having the amount of money that I've, I've made in the business and the success that it has, I genuinely don't know what I would personally want other than to make a great company and grow the company and hire more journalists, which we're doing every where we're going through resumes almost every single day. I look to Joe Rogan, who's got a hundred million dollar deal with Spotify, which is probably paid out in not immediately, but in increments over the span of a few years. I don't know. I don't know his deal. But if that were the case, if it was like a hundred million dollars over two years, then he's looking at fifty million dollars a year, which means he's looking at, you know, just a couple million bucks per month. What do you do with that money? At a certain point, you have a few money and you can be like notch. Where he just smack talks and says, "I literally don't care. I'll say what I want. I'm rich. That's yeah, that's great. Not just a good dude. I don't know. I don't know what he's been on, you know, doing lately. But again, I'm not trying to brag or act like you know I'm better than anybody or anything like that. I'm just saying, like, this is why I'm on the left when it comes to financial issues. I look at these these people in West Virginia and I see the way they live, and I'm just like, I genuinely do not understand how somebody could have even $10 million, even 10 million. OK, I'm not talking about Joe and his, and his, you know, how much, however much he's making from his podcast and from all of the work he's doing. He's making probably like, I don't know, millions. He's making millions per month, millions. And I'm like, what do you do with it? I s- no joke. What do you do with it? You want to come to me and say, buy houses, right? You buy It's you. you, you. <laughs> it's not easy. You, it's It's insane. What do you do when you have the house? Who maintains it? Who watches it? Who handles your taxes and your accounting? Mo' money, more problems. No joke. At a certain point, I'm like, I'd rather just buy someone else a house. I'm happy. I'm happy doing what, I want, what I'm doing. I'd love to be able to do more. But at a certain point, I just don't get it. Why wouldn't you just be like, wow, I make 200K a year. I don't need to do a show at a venue where I'd sacrifice my principles for this. I don't know. I genuinely don't know. Glenn Beck flew himself to the Middle East to save lives. That dude's got FU money up the wazoo. And you see what he does with it? Tremendous respect. I don't know, man. I just don't know. I'm going to say it one more time. There comes a point where you have so much money, you literally are just sitting there confused as to what you even do with it. And I'll tell you this right now. I could stop working. I could have stopped working last year. Never have to work again. Work is not about money. It's never been for me. It's about doing something I believe in. And it's not just YouTube. It's not just Timcast.com. I even have other businesses that make money. And I don't have to work. But I want to do something good and build something good. And so when I see these people who are like just ridiculous amounts of money, and I'm like, why won't you stand up for something? What do you want the money for? That's just me. I guess some people want the infinity pool. They want to live in a luxury D.C. uh, condo, being a congressperson, wearing snooty dresses to a $30,000 event, whatever. I'm I'm, I'm done. Rant over. You get the point. I'll see y'all at 4 p.m. over at youtube.com slash
1: TimCast. Thanks for hanging out.